Hello, and welcome to the Landis Cooperative Experience, featuring the bull bear banter. We all know that markets often behave in a way that can't easily be explained. The bull bear banter is our best effort to digest the noise of the marketplace. So thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and let's talk about the markets. Hello, this is Tom Guinan, and I want to welcome you to the April 26th episode of the Bull Bear Banter. As usual, I'm joined by Cheyenne Dunham. Friday afternoon, July corn futures finished up four cents at 361 and a quarter. That was down six cents from the end of last week. December corn added three and a half cents today, ending at 380 and three quarters, but that was down five and a half cents for the week. Looking at soybeans, July futures were down five and three quarters cent today, settling at 867. That was down 27 and a quarter for the week. And November soybean futures were down five and a half cents at 887 and three quarters, losing 25 and three quarters cents from where we left off last Friday. Interesting end of the week note shows July oats gained six and a quarter cent Friday and gained 16 and a half cents for the week. Quite a few of the old time traders like to use the quote, oats knows, when talking about the relationship between oats and corn. I've never been quite convinced that this is a strong correlation, but it's worth keeping an eye on. For what it's worth, the volume of July oats traders are about 1,000 contracts or less per day. Compare that to 150,000 to 250,000 contracts per day for July corn futures. Well, the good news this week is that we have been seeing and hearing of some decent planting progress before the recent batch of rains. Beyond that, it's really hard to think of much positive news in the ag sector right now, especially for grain producers. Earlier this week, I did read a really good article that talked about all of the negative news we've been dealing with for the past year. Weather issues, trade issues, production issues, on and on. But then the author went on to the topic of fatigue, specifically grain marketing fatigue. And the one item that really stuck out to me was this. Ask yourself if today is the day to make a sale. If you decide that no is the answer, just be aware that you have made a marketing decision. I told someone this week it reminded me of a phrase I once heard. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And then, after you've made that decision, if you have some time, just jot a little note to yourself about why you decided not to sell today or this week. And then take some time later on to review those notes. We all know that it's really easy to look back and figure out what you should have done, but sometimes it's even more helpful to remember why we made a decision to make a trade or not make a trade. Not to beat yourself up, but to learn from it and continue to evaluate your own decision-making processes. With that, let's go on to the bull bear factors. Tom, looking at corn, some bullish news I could maybe pull out is that the weekly EIA report showed last week's ethanol production at a 14-week high of 308 million gallons. This compares to the previous week at 299 million and the same week last year at 290. We're getting into driving season, so hopefully that trend will continue. Local demand for corn is also very good, with basis levels reflecting a need for corn in the cash markets. Corn export inspections for last week were at 30.7 million bushels, which is up from 24.9 million during the same week last year. That puts us at 1.318 billion bushels for the year, which is also above this time last year at 1.156 billion. When you factor in sales that have been made but not loaded yet, we're around 1.79 million versus 1.712 billion last year at this time. So I know that was a lot of little numbers, but I think the idea is that we're ahead of where we were at this time last year. Well, on the bearish side, we see that funds are estimated to be about 1.5 billion bushels short of corn. 
That's not quite a record, but it is a very large number. And sometimes we think about that as being a bullish input because at some point they have to buy those short positions back in. But this week I'm going to keep it in the bear column for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a lot easier for them to stay bearish and to stay on that short path with this recent price action we've seen. And secondly, I've been really trying to put this into context, but if we assume that producers are about 65 to 70 percent sold for old crop, that would mean that farmers are close to four and a half or five billion bushels long corn, or about three times longer than the funds are short. I think that's also a bearish input and it gives those funds reasons to stay short. With regard to the two demand factors you mentioned earlier, ethanol and exports, both of those are behind pace needed to hit the USDA productions for this year. For ethanol, it's not hard to figure that the estimate is at least 50 million bushels too high. For exports, if we maintain the current pace, we're going to be about 100 million bushels short. So if we don't start exporting and grinding more corn in the next few months, that carryout looks like it could grow as much as another 150 million bushels. Switching over to soybeans, I know it might be hard to believe, but we had a little bit of a tough time finding some bullish factors for this week. The one good thing in the soybean arena is the relatively strong old crop basis values being paid. Processors are crushing pretty hard and continually needing beans. If you can take advantage of the basis without locking in the low futures, this narrow basis is saying to sell. So on the bearish side, again, looking at export data, we all know that we're way behind last year's pace. But when we look at the most recent USDA export projections for this year, we're even behind that pace. It's possible that we'll end up close to about 100 million bushels behind their export projection. If that happens, we're no longer talking about 900 million carryout for this year. We're talking now about a billion bushels. And for soybeans, that is a huge number. To this point, we really haven't heard any delays in harvest in South America. You know, the almost yearly story about trucker strikes or bad weather or delays at the port. For the most part, it sounds like harvest is progressing rather well in South America. And African swine fever is still a big deal. We continue to hear more and more about how bad this is and how bad it will be. It will definitely be a drag on soybean meal usage for quite a while. Tom, as we go into talking about why this matters, we talked earlier about grain marketing fatigue, and it's real. With all the attention directed to field work and planting, it's been really quiet for those of us buying grain. So let me ask you a couple of questions. If I told you I could pay you $350, or maybe better, for the grain in your bin, would you sell it? What if I told you I could pay you more than $350 for delivery during harvest? No strings attached, no complex marketing alternatives just a cash contract for delivery in May or October. If you're interested in this, look a little more. We're paying that right now for delivery in 2020. So this is a good time to be looking ahead at those prices for this next year's crop. There's a lot of reason to think about getting some old crops sold out there. If the USDA acres for corn are even close and we have normal weather and demand remains the same next year, we could be facing a carryout number of more than 2.25 billion. Will we be paying 20 cents per bushel more this time next year than we are now? I really doubt it. Give it a thought, give us a call, and make a small sale for next summer or fall. Cheyenne, I think that's some good information, um, and I really think it's something that folks need to take advantage of, so I'm glad you're bringing that up. Uh, as far as what to watch for and some upcoming events, uh, we didn't even mention the progress reports for planting this week. Um, fairly negligible for corn uh, in, in the U.S., about 6%, which is kind of on par. Uh, 4% for corn in Iowa, which we all kind of think is a little low. 
and it's certainly behind last year at this time, but I think we'll catch up quickly once we get the weather straightened out. Next week, we'll already be in the month of May. It's not too late yet to grow a decent crop. So stay tuned for those normal news sources you look for on the weekly updates on Monday afternoons and uh, pay attention to where those planning progress reports are. In conclusion, um, we'd like to say thank you to a couple of young ladies that visited us in the studio or in our office here in Ames earlier in the day um, today to talk about the bull bear banter. So Sarah and Ava, thanks for stopping and uh, talking to us and asking us some questions. For the rest of you, we really appreciate you joining us for the bull bear banter as a part of the Landis Cooperative Experience podcast. We look forward to your comments and questions. Just drop an email to podcast at landiscooperative.com. And if you have any questions regarding grain marketing decisions, please reach out to your area grain marketing advisor. Thanks for listening, and we'll both be back next week. Mm-hmm.